Hello everyone, I hope that you are doing fantastically well. So today I wanted to share an essay that I wrote for a class called Transatlantic Romanticism. I took this in the fall of 2020. And just some quick backstory on it. That summer, so the summer of 2020, I had read A Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes by Suzanne Collins. It is the prequel story to The Hunger Games. It is the one that stars President Snow as a kid. And I really enjoyed reading about the character of Lucy Gray. In the story, she sings a lot, and there's this one song in particular called Lucy Gray that she actually got her name from. I didn't realize until I took this class that Lucy Gray is a real poem by the poet William Wordsworth. So when I opened my homework one night and I saw the actual Lucy Gray poem, I was taken aback. But I quickly fell in love with the poem. I think it's so interesting and there's so much mystery and things to explore within it that for my first essay for class, I had to write about it. So the following is an essay that I wrote for this class about Lucy Gray. Before I start, I also just wanted to briefly touch on the ideas of the sublime and the beautiful, as this is what this essay is about. In romantic writing, poets and other writers really kind of dove into nature and the differences between the sublime and the beautiful in ways that are really interesting. So the beautiful is kind of what you expect beautiful to be. Something that is pleasing, safe, comfortable. Think flowers in a grassy field. Whereas the sublime is much more potent, powerful in a way. There is an element of risk, of danger, of discomfort, of grandeur. It's, it's bigger than our comprehension. Beautiful is much more within the realm of human understanding and like human comfort. So, you know, another example that I use that many people might relate to is that a bunny rabbit would be considered beautiful, whereas a dragon is more in the realm of the sublime. I don't entirely agree with that. As we know, dragons are beautiful, they are wonderful, there's no such thing as a bad dragon. But generally speaking, that is kind of the idea that you should have in your mind when you're thinking of the differences between the beautiful and the sublime. With that said, let us continue on to the essay. William Wordsworth's Lucy Poems 
Finding Beauty in the Sublime, Connection and Nature. Five of William Wordsworth's poems, Lucy Gray, Strange Fits of Passion I Have Known, She Dwelt Among the Untrodden Ways, A Slumbered in My Spirit's Seal, and Three Years She Grew, are all grouped together under the title of The Lucy Poems, in The Penguin Book of Romantic Poetry. While they are not all necessarily about the character of Lucy, when put together, they do seem to form a cohesive narrative. The first poem shows a girl leave the familiar family town structure. The second, someone realizing that Lucy has gone. The third poem begins to communicate Lucy's transformation to the reader and begins her transformation from human to nature. The fourth solidifies the transformation as Lucy moves beyond being able to return to human society as the same girl who had left it. And the fifth poem, Lucy becomes entirely a part of nature and is embraced not by her human mother of the first poem, but by mother nature. Her journey begins mysteriously, traumatically even, but as the poem progresses and Lucy makes her way, from the snowy village to the earth, she manages to find peace and comfort in the clouds, the stars, and in the lives of other organisms. To use the conventional concepts of the period, though the entirety of her journey may be sublime, beautiful elements shine through. Lucy Gray begins simply enough. There is a storm coming and Lucy is tasked by her father to escort her mother through the snow. Though she is described as a, quote, solitary child, end quote, she does have a family. The initial uneasiness of this young girl living alone in the wild is eased when her ties to family are established. And yet, there is still an anticipation of something horrible to come, as even before the father makes his request, the poem tells us, quote, the sweet face of Lucy Gray will never more be seen, end quote. Soon after she agrees to the task, Lucy heads out into the storm and never returns. Though the parents search for her, they find that her footsteps lead, quote, into the middle of the plank, and further, there were none, end quote. Lucy's footsteps may end in the middle of the bridge, yet her fate is not clear. There is no description of the marks indicating that she jumped or fell. Even some people, presumably from the town, quote, maintain that to this day she is a living child, end quote. But if she is alive, she is no longer with her family. She is alone. Solitude is often associated with the sublime, and Wordsworth uses the idea of solitude to drive home the fact that Lucy is gone. The storm, a grand and powerful force of nature, has separated Lucy from her parents and the warmth of the village, and placed her in the frigid, snow-covered mountains. Even if she is alive, certainly she is not away from danger. 
The second poem depicts a horseman riding to Lucy's cottage, unaware of her being gone. That is, if you read these poems as a sequential narrative, which I do. As he rides, he keeps an eye on the moon and thinks about Lucy. But when the moon lowers and leaves the sky, he suddenly begins to wonder, quote, if Lucy should be dead, end quote. Again, solitude dominates the poem. We are reminded that Lucy is alone. And now, the people that knew her, her parents, and this rider, are separated from her. Not only are they all alone, but the descending moon has ceased to cast light upon them, literally thrusting them into the dark, into the unknown. No one knows what happened to the other. Again, nature serves to obscure the characters from one another. As the middle of the Lucy poems, she dwelt among the untrodden ways begins to answer the question of what Lucy is and what she will be. The first stanza describes her as, quote, a maid, end quote, while the second stanza calls her, quote, a violet by a mossy stone, end quote. There is a shift from the human to something of nature, a flower. Unlike the sublime mountains, a flower is typically seen as beautiful. There is no fear, danger, or grandeur associated with flowers. They are not beyond human understanding. Lucy's transition from human to nature through the imagery of the maid and the flower is less frightening than the image of her lost in the snowy mountains. The beauty of the flower peeks through the sublimity of the mystery. She may be gone, but she is part of beauty in a way she had not been thought to be. Not only that, but the violet is only, quote, half hidden from the eye, fair as a star, end quote. In this poem, nature does not entirely separate Lucy from others. For the first time, she is partially in sight. This poem also defines Lucy's current state in a way that the previous two poems do not. Wordsworth states that Lucy, quote, is in her grave, end quote. Though surely a sad thought for anyone who had known her, it is a significant departure from the horsemen and parents wondering what happened to her. The mystery of Lucy is diminished, though she may have been a mystery while she lived. In death, she is only half hidden. Death has managed to ease the separation between Lucy and the others. Lucy's transition is solidified, quite literally, in A Slumber Did My Spirit Seal. This fourth poem is the shortest of the five, and for a moment it creates a sense of uncertainty that is beyond the living to contemplate. Lucy is entombed in the ground. She is beyond, quote, the touch of earthly years, end quote. Her senses are limited as well as her ability to act upon the world. She is described as having, quote, no motion, no force. She neither hears nor sees, end quote. 
Despite having been partially in sight during the third poem, she is now completely underground. And there is something unsettling about her seemingly going beyond her humanity. Death had previously thought her closer to human understanding, in that everyone at some point does die. It is a shared part of humanity. But whatever happens afterward is something entirely different. Lucy is in the care of something that, quote, had no human fear, end quote, suggesting the caretaker's otherness. Though Lucy had almost been reconnected with humanity in the third poem, nature in the fourth poem once again separates her from our understanding, if only until the next poem. Three years she grew is where Lucy's journey finally sheds its mystery and beauty can be found. Nature is given a voice, and when nature sees Lucy, decides, quote, this child I to myself will take. She shall be mine, and I will make a lady of my own. End quote. The past poems had stated that Lucy died, but nature's voice makes it seem that Lucy is still alive. In saying that Lucy will be made into a lady of nature, nature is saying that Lucy can still change and do things. She is a child and has yet to grow into her full potential. The following stanzas are spoken by nature, outlining how Lucy will help to shape the world. Her energy feeds and creates forms of life, and she communes with the clouds and the stars and even rivers so that, quote, vital feelings of delight shall rear her form to stately height, end quote. She is a part of these forces now, as much a part of nature as the flowers and the fawns that she supports. Rather than separate Lucy from others, nature is connecting Lucy to absolutely everything. Even humans who depend on nature for food and resources now depend on Lucy, for those resources come from her. When nature finishes speaking in the final stanza, the perspective of the poem shifts to someone who is outside, occupying a space in nature. The speaker says that Lucy left to them, quote, this heath, this calm and quiet scene, the memory of what has been and never more will be, end quote. Firstly, someone has found their way back to Lucy and come to the realization where she has gone. Rather than be afraid or mystified, the speaker is thankful for what seems to be a peaceful and beautiful place. As for the memories, while they could be read as despair, they can also be read as comfort and joy. Before Lucy's transformation, this speaker knew her, and clearly they cherish those memories. They know that they will never again interact in the ways they previously had, but that does not diminish the beauty of the place that Lucy has helped to create, that the speaker finds themselves in. Just as Lucy is connected with nature, and everything nature has to offer, she is newly connected with this person. The speaker recognizes Lucy, 
And for the first time since the storm separated her from her parents, she is connected with another person. The sublime is isolating, fearful, and beyond our understanding in some form. The beautiful is connecting, peaceful, and calm, and is not so intimidating as the sublime. Lucy begins these poems as a solitary child, alone, even amongst her parents, living near or alongside a town. The storm that separates her from her old life puts her on a journey toward connectivity. Though that journey at times does separate her from others and changes her character in ways that are difficult to grasp, her destination is not only recognizable, but a place of peace and comfort that manages to bring people and nature together. Even something as enigmatic as death is eventually, if not understood, at least seen. Lucy does not become lost through her death, but is found by nature and by the speaker in the last stanza of the fifth poem. In this way, Beauty is found in what is mostly a sublime journey. She may have lived unknown, but after death she is found in everything from flowers and trees to rivers and even the stars. Though surely a sad thought for anyone who had known her. That's the Sierra Club. Hold up. <laughs>